Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from New York, Joey Nochel Prano. Hello, Andrew. Good morning. Good morning. We were just together. And now we were just apply. together. And now, yep. Quick stopover in Cincinnati on the way to New York. We're going to get all into the, uh, the, the trip to Cincinnati. The, uh, all the excitement and build up for that football game and everything that went down. Uh, but before we do that, I want to get some plugs in out of the way, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Uh, first of all, for all of you dirt balls out there that are prime video subscribers or dirt balls who are thinking about subscribing to prime video, uh, I will be on two Amazon prime video sports talk shows tomorrow. I am doing game breakers and the backup plan. Uh, so if you guys have prime video, or if you just want to see me talking some sports, uh, on, on some Amazon prime sports shows, go ahead and download it, sign up, uh, do all the things so you can watch me on those shows tomorrow here in New York. I'll be, uh, I believe one of them, uh, I believe the game breakers is live. I think the backup plan will air later tomorrow evening. So check those out. Uh, Amazon prime video has a lineup of sports talk shows and your boy is going to go guest on some shows. I'm sure talk about a lot of the uh, things that we're going to talk about from our experience at the Bengals game and whatever else those talented talk show hosts want to talk to me about uh, while I guest. So uh, download it or mark it or record it or tune in live because I'm doing those tomorrow. I also uh, for all the dirtballs who have been reaching out about shows here in New York, um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I have shows here in New York City. Uh, Comedy Cellar tonight at a, on the eleven thirty show, hosting the seven o'clock show at the stand tomorrow, followed by Comedy Cellar at the Fat Black Pussycat Lounge, uh, followed by Saturday the village underground and Sunday, the village underground, both, uh, for the comedy seller. So you can go to the comedy seller sites and look for me on those shows and come check it out. And then of course, as I will again, remind you guys tomorrow or later in the show, Vegas later on this month, Wilmington, North Carolina, Sketchfest, all those things, but come to a show in New York city and search for the Amazon prime video sports block and check me out on two of those shows tomorrow. So basically, if you have Prime, you can watch that. Yeah. And if you don't have Prime, you can get it. Go get it. Go get Prime. Who doesn't have Prime? Yeah. All right. Like, like if it's 2023 and you don't have Prime, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> this is like, I, I feel like this is a, this is not just uh, about Amazon, but also how Deion Sanders recruits people to Colorado. If you don't have, it's 2023. You don't have Prime. What, what's really going on in your life? I mean, that'd be a great recruitment pitch, yeah. you know? He's like, you going to UCLA? You going to USC? Then you don't got Prime. Subscribe to Prime. 
he really should have some sort of endorsement deal with them. Yeah. Right. Like that's a perfect match made in heaven. The multi-million dollars that he got for uh, to go to Colorado to leave Jackson State in the dust is not enough. He should have. He was the original one. He's like, I'm the original prime video. Me high stepping 40 yards too early. Prime video. Well, I would say if he wasn't coaching, he would have been perfect for their Thursday night games. Yeah. What do you make of that crew? The Thursday night crew? It's an interesting crew. You have Sherman, you have Fitz, yeah. Andrew Whitworth, and Tony Gonzalez, and uh, what is it? What's the what's uh, Carissa Thompson? Yeah. I mean, I like Whitworth a lot. I like, I mean, we know at this point, Fitz is my boy. Like, I've, I've grown, I went from being just like a Fitz truther to like now a Fitz fan. Um, and Sherman is great. He's, he's not afraid to give his opinion. Does anyone hate Russell, Russell Wilson more than Richard Sherman? Uh, probably the guys who are on that defense who didn't make millions of dollars. <laughs> like probably the other guys who are like, no one even wants to talk to me. They're like, Hey, I also hate Russ. And they're like, yeah, but we don't know your name, bro. Like he wakes up and he chooses Russell Wilson violence every single day. Yeah. Every day. He gets up and he's like, coffee, breakfast, Russell Wilson slander, get dressed, Russell Wilson slander. And you know me, I'm here for it. Well, that's it's funny because that was your original. That was your boy originally. You're, what really drew you in to becoming a Seahawks fan, you got that Richard Sherman back jersey back in the day. Yeah, I'm a you, fan. I've always been a fan of his. You loved the Richard Sherman interview. That was original. That was like early dirty sports. You were like, this is I my like him. dude. Well, I like him because he, he's real. He, yeah. He, and, then, he, 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 and, then, and then he pulled you into Seahawks life. And then as a, you became a Seahawks fan, you started crushing on Russ. Little did you know, the guy who actually brought you into that Seahawks life hated your new crush the whole time. Well, it, well, awkward for you. Like, it is like, interesting. Like a child of divorced parents. I mean, look, I, I was a fan of his his realness, his rawness. Little did I know Russ is the exact opposite. Yeah. There really isn't anything real about him. Yeah. Richard Sherman would never have a Subway sandwich deal because none of this, none of the ingredients are real. Which, by the way, have you seen the latest Subway commercial with the, all the with, so, yeah. so they have let's this is here. They have Steph. They have Mahomes. They have Romo. Who else is in that? Is Brady in that one? He might be. Yeah, they got. They, they went big. I, they went huge. I know it's Steph, Mahomes, Romo. I don't know if Barkley's in that one. But like, they went for some. They're they're really really making a push. Yeah, to put some money into this, and I don't think they're convincing anybody. For the record, no. No, because it's the, <clears throat> it's too hard to overcome what's already out there. Oh yeah, you know. And Jersey Mike's is like, hey, Danny DeVito just woke up from a nap. We're gonna have yeah. him do a commercial, and... and you're like, I'd honestly, I'd rather buy sandwiches from Danny DeVito than go into Subway and be like, hey, yeah, could I get some of the genetically modified tuna wrapped in a yoga mat? And they're like, yeah, you can. That's actually our specialty sandwich. This is the final week, man. You got a one point week. lead. Yeah. Is it the final week? We don't. I mean, at this point, and I, it's, I guess this is where we jump into it. Yeah. 
So lots happened. We have since a last chance. Episode. We have a chance if this comes down to a one game thing where we might have a week 19 one game for the whole shebang. Because we well, that, still don't we still don't know what's going on with the NFL. I mean, I guess it seems as though things are proceeding as planned for this weekend. This weekend is going as planned. The finish or whatever's going to happen with the Bengals Bills is still up in the air. Right. They're gonna they're gonna finish that game. I assume. There's there's too many implications. There's too much money. There's too much at stake, I think. Yeah, that's just what I feel. So obviously we were at the game on Monday night where DeMar Hamlin was injured and that injury and the aftermath and everything. And we'll go through what we um, saw and the the scene at the stadium. Um, But that's thrown the NFL scheduling for sure for a loop. I mean, I, I think so far. Um, in terms of that, uh, how they're proceeding. Um, and we'll talk about the specific proceeding after the injury and everything. But I think what is a smart move is to play these this week's games as scheduled because it will determine a lot. Like the Bengals can still win their division by beating the Ravens and lock themselves into at least this seed. And like there will be a lot of stuff that will still get worked out. I mean, if the, if the Kansas city chiefs win their game, they're the one seed, no matter what. Right. Well, pending bills, bangles. Right. Right. So, well, there'll be, a, but basically there'll be, a, and if the chiefs were to well, lose they could, the NFL, there, if, if they don't finish the game, if the NFL just says, it's just those teams who play 16 games, they could do winning percentage. Right. Okay. And I don't know if that makes the bills, the one seed, if the bills win this week, There's definitely a lot at stake. Basically, what what I said, to me, it seemed obvious. There was two options here, and the first one is closing that gap between the Super Bowl, extending the regular season out a week. Those teams play in week what would be 19. The other thing would be some sort of tie or no game. And, yeah, you go to winning percentage. Everything other than that seems like it's out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah, I agree. Well, obviously, we were at the game Monday. And uh, personally, like, I can't stop thinking about it. Um, it. It was it was. You know, let's just start from. The beginning of the game or let's just start like before the game started, I, I said there, there was so much fanfare. This is your first time at a Bengals game at Paycor Stadium, formerly Paul Brown Stadium. I loved the scene. You felt the energy. I loved the scene around the stadium. Um, we we made our way through. I don't even know. Like, do you go there enough? Like that that down below the street parking lot that we were in first? Is it like? Is there? Do they call that something? Is that the? The, I don't know a the, name, but that tailgate jungle or something. Yeah, it's a um, it's a regular it's a regular tailgate area. It was it was years. cool. That was that was interesting. We we made it over to the Bengals gym tailgate where the the inflatable Joe Burrow was. That was crazy. It was like it was almost too many people there for seemingly all of our comforts. Um, just too much going on, packed into too small an area. Anthony Munoz came by. Um, it was it was wild. 
but you could tell, and, and I said this to you, um, giants tailgating is not great. And part of that is, um, and Kyle Aronofsky talked about it when he called in. Um, but it's so hard to get in and out of the stadium there. It's just not great. It's too spread out. I actually liked how packed in everything was Bengals gyms thing was a little bit too packed in, but it was a great scene. And the other thing I said to you was what to me felt so energetic about the place was both of these teams really haven't been there like with regularity recently. So you have two teams that were, are, you know, still in contention for the one seed late in the season. Like, you know, my team has been down the last few years, but like Giants fans don't really get too hyped, especially for a regular season game. Maybe a home playoff game, which we haven't played that many of, even during the Eli Manning uh, Super Bowl runs. I think we had one uh, in those two runs. Um, so it was it was a scene of professional football tailgating that I've never experienced. It felt like a college rivalry football atmosphere. And we were just so hyped. And I obviously had no rooting interest in the game, but I was like, man, both groups of fans are hyped. Yeah, the energy is palpable. We were in the stadium, and I said this to Randy Ruther as I was sitting next to him. We were in the stadium early. I mean, we were probably in our seats a half hour early. Yeah. A lot of people in their seats a half hour early. Sure. There were, the people were ready to watch his football game. And that's what's the craziest part about everything that happened. It was so early in the game. It was yeah, the third, I, third drive of the game. I think that's really important for people to understand um, as far as being there live. Like the energy before the game they did, and I know you posted this, they have a whole thing where you download the Bengals app and everybody held up their phones for lights. And that simultaneously went on with a light show that they did at the stadium with, which was orange and the whole stadium was lit literally and figuratively. I, I had in, in the pregame warmups when they were doing that and they were announcing the Bengals players and they were doing the, the ruler of the jungle, which was the, late 80s, early 90s Bengals SWAT team did it. Like, I had goosebumps. And I said to both you and Randy Ruther, the only two games I've ever had, like, legit goosebumps during pregame introductions was the infamous Rams-Chiefs game, the 2018 regular season 55-51 shootout, I think was the score, which we went to, which was also Monday Night Football game. Like that game, I also had goosebumps because you could feel the energy in this game. The, these and, were the two games where, I, you know, I, uh -huh. I had goosebumps just as a sports fan because you're like, holy shit, this energy and the and emotion. Do you, remember the, do you remember that game, that game that we went to? That was supposed to be in Mexico City. Correct. And they canceled it in Mexico City and they brought it here and it was this mad rush to get in we get in to to go to that game and that was that ended up being a legendary monday night football game and i agree with you 100 percent. the game being in the stadium for monday night football in cincinnati had the exact same feel you were like we're about to see something yeah really special exactly and the Bengals open the game they throw a bomb on the first play of the game a bomb like well, not 
Well, not well before that. They won the toss and they accepted it. Nobody right. does that. Yeah. Nobody accepts when they win the toss. They said we want the ball because we're gonna go down and score. And they and they open the game with drop back, straight fly, Jamar Chase. Don't look at anybody else. Bomb to my number one. It was a Madden play call. It was Genesis Madden. C to snap. C to pull up your receivers. C to throw a bomb. And it was an incredible start to the game. The The Bengals go down and they score a touchdown. The Bills have a drive that it went right down the field again pretty seamlessly yep and then there was a bend but don't break field goal once they got into the red zone and we're at seven three and the Bengals get the ball back and the Bengals are driving again right down like they're they're already over across midfield big crossing route uh t higgins play he gets tackled and this is where the incident happens and game over. But we we've all seen the video at this point. I know they didn't, they weren't showing it a lot. I'm, I'm assuming everybody's seen it that listens to this show, the type of people that go and search for it. Um, they weren't showing it. I know when we finally got home, um, but we, we saw the replay even on our phones while we were there. He, he, you know, T Higgins kind of goes into him at the end of the play he takes a shot to the chest, helmet to the chest, goes down, gets up, and Randy's, Randy Ruther pointed it out to us the second it happened. He goes, he just fell down. And I was like, what? And because he got, because he, because Hamlin got up and he fell down. And, and I think he made a comment to me. He's like, did he, did he shred a knee or something? Where, like, did yeah. his knee just buckle? Yeah. Because he and went it, down flat. He went down flat. And, I don't know. It's it's I think we all have different perspectives. My perspective is going to be different because I'm dead sober. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I don't know. I, I felt like people were obviously people have been drinking. I mean, like you guys were crushing the Miller lights and uh the dirt balls were great. I want to shout out all the dirt balls real quick who we met at the tailgate. Well, let's do that after. We'll, okay. We'll, let's let's talk about this. Let's you know, okay. we'll, we'll we'll shout out all those guys after. So so I don't know if you hear what I was saying to Justin like when they when they ran out I don't know like I I'm not trying to say like I knew but I did when, when they were when they ran out so quickly I said right away Justin I go, this is really serious I go they're sprinting because it wasn't just it was multiple people sprinting yeah so I told you this when we were at the game and I tweeted this and it's crazy to me and uh, you know it's now my first professional football game i believe i think i maybe gotten to one or two more before that but one of the very first games i ever went to uh was the dennis bird injury i was at the meadowlands for the dennis bird injury which is probably way before a lot of dirtballs years but um you guys can google it dennis bird was paralyzed in a game um at the meadowlands I believe it was jets chiefs um ran into a guy neck injury down um obviously medicines come a long way and technology's come a long way but even in the time since then like i've been i've been around a surprising number of major injuries at football games that i've gone to 
And the thing that shocked me about this was the speed that they had an ambulance on the field was, I was like, this is something I've never seen. I was like, yeah, you, you always think when there's in football, you always think when an ambulance is coming out on the field that there's been a spine injury, Correct. That there's been a neck injury, right? That's in your brain as a football fan. If you're around football enough, it's the worst thing you happen. Knees happen. Broken ribs happen. Guys get knocked unconscious. But when you see an ambulance go on the field, that je- that tends to mean it's not going to be safe enough for us to put a guy on a backboard and put him on a cart and drive him out of here. We This is a spinal injury. And the speed with which the ambulance was on the field, I was like, this is this must be a spinal injury like nothing we've ever seen. Because when I say it was five times faster than an ambulance got on the field during the Dennis Byrd injury, I mean, there was an ambulance on the field there, I would say within a minute and a half, like two minutes. Like the, the ambulance was out there immediately. Yeah. And, and just to describe the vibe, we talked about the energy before the game, the opening couple drives. You could hear a pin drop. Light switch turned off the energy. Just- Seventy thousand people. We like like people knew how serious it was. Obviously, we didn't know to the level. Um, and you're right. The ambulance came out so quickly. That I, you know, I, I just a lot to- of there was a lot of things that happened that I think n- no one had seen before. Even people who have gone to a lot of football games, like myself, I had never seen. Um a medical team gesturing the, the, the first medical guy who got out there looked and the, the gesturing to get the ambulance. The only thing that I can remember ever seeing like that was when Lawrence Taylor hit Joe Theismann and he, he was the one, he heard the snap and he was like, let's go get out here with medical assistance. Cause he knew right away he had broken his leg. I have never seen like you see players do that from time to time, but when somebody in the medical team goes out there and then they're dressing like that, you're like, what could be so serious that this guy can't handle the situation until somebody goes, whatever goes and, you know, facilitates more help. And the other moment that really, I think was what, changed the game in terms of what we were seeing. And I actually put, I replied to somebody on Twitter while we were there and it ended up being, it's ended up being seen by so many people because literally no one knew it was happening. We're getting, you and I were getting texts from people watching at home on Monday night football. And we obviously don't know how that was covered. Like I've heard about how it was covered. Oh, they went to commercial and people are talking about it and they're not showing the scene or whatever. But the other thing was at some point, so the both teams for to let you guys know what we were seeing in the stands, both teams were obviously concerned. The Bills had circled around their player. And I don't know if that was part of the like the coaching staff saying, hey, let's let's put a circle around him to make sure no one can see what's going on, or if it was just straight up concern for their teammate. But I mean, they had him fully encircled. So we really couldn't see 
what was going on inside the circle of players. At some point, and people saw this on TV, a bunch of players physically reacted to something. And when they started, oh my God, and guys like walked away, that was where, at least from my seat, I got a crack in the circle and I could see they were doing CPR. Well, and, th- and that was when I was like, oh my God, this is not a spine injury. This guy's your CPR is cardiac arrest. Yeah. So I saw the chest compressions. And I, I don't know if you were in your own world. And I said that I said out loud. I said, they're doing chest compressions. And, uh, Justin, like, it was like, what? I don't think he knew what was going on. Like, like, and to be fair. And then like somebody else in the section was like, what? And I was like, I was like, this guy's dying. And, uh, like that was tough, man. Um, I think you're right. Like, like, I think once people started to grasp that, or like you said, there was cracks where you could see. Because the, when, when that started happening, when they started doing chest compressions, I think that's when players on the field realized what was happening. And yeah. that's when we saw you, you've seen the video of, of people like turning away from the scene and walking away to cry. And, and, and I had, I had put a story on my Instagram, like you said, of the pregame. And when people started seeing what was going on on TV, I started getting messages, yo, like update us. And I was like, update you. I'm the, I'm sitting here watching it happen. Like you guys, like they must be telling you something on TV and they weren't until at some point, I guess they said they, they did nine minutes of CPR on him. Um, and now we obviously have, have the story about, you know, all the things that have gone down a little bit more of a clearer timeline, but for us, we saw the injury. We saw how quickly they responded. We saw chest compressions. We saw him put in an ambulance, taken off the field. And then we were told that the game would be suspended or uh, temporarily suspended. That's what they told us immediately. And I said to Justin, the second that happened, I said, we could leave right now. I said, they're not stopping this game and restarting it. They're just not. And I knew that. But in, you know, true NFL fashion, I was not surprised that the idea was being presented that they might continue. And it's and there's 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 um differing reports on whether or not the NFL tried to continue the game, but I knew in that moment and I told Justin I said There is 0% chance once they said we're going to hold the game even momentarily that the teams forget what the league says that these teams are going to come back on the field. Well, we, we all saw Zach Taylor walk over to Sean McDermott and talk. We all saw that across the field. You know, I like, I don't know. I I thought a lot about this. I, I was, I was like pretty stunned. I was, I mean, you saw, I was pretty emotional. It was tough for me. Um, the, the, you know, I, I don't know anybody listening. If you've seen chest compressions, it's tough. 
because you know someone's literally going to live or die. And that's the third time I'd ever seen that. I'm sorry, the fourth time in my life. The last two have been my parents, literally, when they died. So, like, like that hit me really hard. That was tough to watch. Like, I, like I was pretty emotional in the stadium. And, like, I just froze because I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I didn't look at my phone. I just, I was just, like, in a blank stare. I just was like, what is happening? This is, like, is this real? Because it, it's, you think about that, right? Like, you think, like, am I watching someone die? It's not and, easy. And for me, I was, like I said, it's, it's remarkably weird when you go through the Dennis Bird injury. I've been to college football games where it was a major spine injury. Uh, I've been t- at this game. I'm, I, it's, it's remarkably weird how many of these, like, devastatingly serious situations I've witnessed in person. I, I like, awkwardly joked to Justin that I was like, is this me? Is this my, like, you know, we got, we got the, we got the, the million messages. Like you guys like are there, this is crazy. And I'm like, is is this me? I said to him, I was like, I I feel weird. How many of these I've, I've experienced at this point. Like, I'm sure there's people that have gone to 10 times the amount of football games that I've been to that haven't seen like crazy historic injuries. So I was like numbed. I was like, here we go again. And then there was when when they started doing chest impressions, what immediately uh, came to my mind was so I when I coached high school baseball in California, this was something that was talked about and we had to prepare for and we had to train for every year. So we had to carry a defibrillator with us to every game by California state law. Um, and we had to know how to do CPR as coaches. We had to train every year to do CPR and every year how to use a defibrillator. And the reason was exactly what a lot of people are saying probably happened. And I'm not a doctor, but I've, I've seen it. And it's immediately where my head went is we were trained that in baseball specifically, if you get hit in the chest, your heart can stop. Um, and so as baseball coaches, it was like, hey, be aware. This is something that happens. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, you can get hit in the chest with a ground ball or a pitch or whatever. And your heart can stop. And you guys need to know that if you see this, you need to be able how to recognize what just happened. You need to be able to go out there and perform CPR. And you need to know how to use this defibrillator. And I was just, when I, when I, when, when we were sitting there and we were watching him get chest compressions. And then we finally got to see video of it via our phones. I was like, this is what happened. I, this is exactly what they told me could happen. I was like, I've never witnessed this before in my life, but I've been told year, like, I mean, five years of coaching, like every year they're like, this happens. And I was like, does it? And then I was like, oh my God, this is that thing. And it was crazy because in that moment when i realized that and i was putting together they're doing chest i was like oh my god like you said this guy could die on the field which we've talked about on the show before in a sense you know not to be morbid but we have said uh this is probably going to happen at some point in the nfl yeah we have and 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 how is it going to be handled 
Yeah. And I, I guess what's, I don't know if the word's ominous about, but like we, we've said that, but I think we both thought it would be a head injury. Yeah. Like I didn't expect this and you, and you don't think about this. And I don't think anybody would have thought about this where a direct blow to the chest can stop your heart. But I mean, it was, it was a really, really just awful thing to, to be there. At. I mean, I'll be honest, like it, it sucked. And, and, and obviously you feel, you just feel for, you know, Damar and his family. And, and it's just, it's just awful. Well, I said this and I, 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 I sort of spoke it out loud. It wasn't directed at Justin or you or whatever, but there was my feelings on it. And, and you said it to me, actually, I think when we were back home that night or maybe the morning after you said, you know, the fans, everybody can pretend they can all clutch their pearls and whatever. But you even said about yourself, you're like, if they had played that game, I would have stayed. And, and I said out loud at the game, I I even said it out loud. I was like, man, if I hadn't flown here for this game, I'd already be gone. Like I was like, and, and I said it to Justin as like, first of all, this game's not coming back on. I was like, it's not once they stopped it, the coaches aren't going to let it come back on. And that ended up being what happened. But even before that announcement, I was like, if, if it weren't this thing that Jed getting the, the tickets and gold star and me flying to Cincinnati just to go to this game. Like if this was, if I was at the Meadowlands for this game, I'm out the door because it's like, what are we talking about? The idea. And, and my manager was looking at my Twitter during it. And she said, you sound kind of annoyed. And in a way I was kind of, I was obviously very concerned, but I was kind of annoyed. It's like, what are we even still doing here? Like, you, the people here, maybe the people at home don't know, but the people here know they were doing chest compressions on this guy. Like, put up on the board, some guy almost died, go home. Because it was, what got awkward to me was the fact that we were standing there and then we were in this situation where it was like, are we playing a football game? And I think every response online of like, why are we even thinking about that is the correct one. Because this isn't it, it. That was insane, and I'm glad that it didn't end up continuing. As much as it sucked for us to, for everybody that was there to leave the game, and for people to have traveled there, and I saw a million Bengals fans in the airport and a million Bills fans. Nothing is more important than a kid who may or may not have actually died on the field and been revived. Yeah. Well, I you know I've thought a lot about this. Um, like it, it hit me really hard when it was happening. And then I was thinking, and I obviously said that I was like, dude, I would have went from crying to watching a football game. So I, I don't know what that says about me. Like, like that's just something I got to figure out. I, I, you know, literally that's what would have happened. And, and I, and I'm at least accepting that if they had finished the game, I would have watched. And that's why I'm not going to sit here and 
kind of chide decisions this or that way because I know I would have stayed. I, I mean, I, I again, I don't even I don't even know what to say that I would have been a wreck emotionally then been like, okay, now I'm going to watch a football game. I don't know what that says about myself. But I, I think that's something that as fans, I think we all need to kind of look into ourselves because what's happened now is that all these other questions that have just been circling around the NFL that we've talked about many times on our show are now at the forefront of safety, of player benefits, of how much do they really care? And by that, I mean the NFL is in the owners, the commissioner, whatever it is. But I, I think the fans, I think we need to take a look at ourselves. That's all I'm going to say. Like, I love the NFL. I do. I love it. We all know how much I love it. Well, you love the sport. And you I love, love the sport. And you love, you know, obviously the NFL does a great job in marketing. The NFL does a great job of putting their game at the forefront. And the NFL has taken over Sunday, you know, and, and then they took over Monday. And then they took over Thursday. And the NFL is a behemoth. And, you know, there there's a couple of things. I don't want to say there are silver linings because obviously there is no silver lining in what happened on Monday. But I think some things that happened in the aftermath are are beneficial to the game going forward. And that was, there was a response online. And obviously we have, we have the famous skip Bayless tweet that's become all the rage. Um, uh, and we don't want to give that too much uh, attention. Uh, but there was a lot of sentiment online from TV personalities and just fans in general about like what happens now. Right. And the reaction by athletes was the correct one. And I think the reaction by the teams on the field was the correct one, which is in some way, in, in some regard, fans, whether they be fantasy owners, gamblers, or just super fans of teams that are fighting for a playoff spot in some regard, Fans care about the outcome of these games, the specifics of it, more than the players do. Because the players are out there, they're doing their job, and they are, we, you know, we've always said, put your life on the line. This is obviously proof that they put their life on the line. But many of them, you know, a great, like 95% of them are certainly putting their health on the line. Like everybody gets hurt at some point. It's just a matter of how seriously. And, you know, Tom Brady's been hurt once in his career and he shredded his knee and he came back and he's played 20 more years after that. Dude, his knee isn't ever going to be healthy the way it was before that. Take it from somebody who just, you get a knee injury and you recover. You still think about that every day. I still think about my knee injury every single day. So these guys put their, their health on the line. And I think what it showed in that moment is that these the players that were on the field and Stefan Diggs taking an Uber to see his teammate and whatever is like for them it's a job it's a way to provide for their families and obviously they're all competitors but in that moment two teams full of guys 
I could I can guarantee you 100% of the players on both teams did not want to play football after that. There wasn't one guy who was like, I'm ready to kill out there again. You're like, no. 100% of the guys were like, we're done for tonight. And we saw that's what happened. The NFL may or may not have tried to restart the game. The players and their coaches were like, we're not doing that. That's not happening. So I think that's one thing. And the other thing, and I hate, I hate this aspect of this injury. But this is a second-year player who's making nothing compared to Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and elite players in this league. And in a way, you obviously we're not wishing this injury on anybody. But if this had happened to, let's say, Patrick Mahomes, okay, it would be, this is already the biggest story ever, but it would be obviously infinitely bigger if it happened to a player of that magnitude. But you could say, God, man, Patrick Mahomes is fighting for his life, but he's leaving whatever millions of dollars online. This kid makes nothing compared to those guys. He is by no means set for life. He is by, he, he, by in no way will his family be taken care of should this go wrong or should he not be, should he, should he fully recover and not be able to play football again? Then what, you know? And I think that that's, I think that this injury, if there's any positive that comes out of this, it's that the NFL has to take a long look at itself in the mirror and say, if this can happen to anybody on the field, Shouldn't those guys be taken care of one way or the other? Shouldn't it, should, should contracts be guaranteed? Should uh, pensions be different? Should pensions start immediately upon taking one hit in the NFL? Should like, there's a lot of questions that come about this because you're a young kid new to the league, hasn't gotten hit off his rookie contract. And obviously I'm not a big religious guy but obviously in some regard we're all praying for him to recover but boy am i worried about even what happens if he does recover and i think that that's what the nfl needs to take a look at and be like how are we going to make sure that these guys are taken care of if this could happen anytime and as players get faster and helmets get harder and pads get smaller have you seen i mean look Go back to like Randy Moss's rookie videos. Like, how did you catch how do you catch passes in those shoulder pads? Now guys are in less equipment, less protected, with harder helmets on, moving faster. The NFL, this is just this is just like a come to Jesus moment for the NFL. You guys need to make sure that no one can ever call you out for this when this stuff happens. And they should. We've talked about it, the, the billion dollar Thursday night deal and the multi-billion dollar, you know, Sunday ticket deals and the what it's like, you're making them money. This should not be something that we are having a conversation about. We should so, not be having a conversation about what is going to happen to this poor kid when he wakes up, other than the fact that his toy drive has made $5 million. So I, th- I think there's a lot to dissect here i I think 
well, I have to, there's a lot of things I think that I want to get off my chest. I think people are going to counter to what you're saying. And I'm not even saying I agree. I'm just saying they're going to counter and they're going to say, this is a very violent sport. No one forced these guys to do this. And I, and I know people are going to counter that. And people are going to say these guys are still handsomely paid compared to what the common person makes in our country, in the world, whatever it is. I'll say this to all that. I think those are true, but I think, I think we can find a common ground of taking care of these guys. I think the current situation is you need to play three years to have benefits. So sadly, DeMar Hamlin does not check that box off, right? This is in a second year. The average NFL player, I had to look this stuff up because I was curious. The average NFL player earns $43,000 a year from pension. It's not that much, guys. Andy, you, you, I know, like, we've, talk, we've, we've talked. But, about but, I, but I, I was going to say, I, I got, but, here's the big problem, though. Here's the big problem. Because I'm like, how, how, how is this such a bad situation? So I, I wanted to dig up some things. So before the last NFL Players Association agreement with the NFL, which was the 2020 season, that was not even on the table, a lifelong benefit health-wise. Health insurance was not like, it wasn't even on the table, right? That wasn't even an option to have lifelong health benefits after you retire. And guess what? I learned something that didn't surprise me, which makes me think this is even just a bigger problem. It has nothing to do with the owners. It had nothing to do with the players. No insurance company would take on that policy. So that kind of just leaves me scratching my head saying, well. And I've said this about this I, league. But I've said this about this league before. I've said this about the NFL. You make so much money that there should be with the amount of money that they make and the amount of rich players, the amount of guys who make so much money after the fact. I mean, you think about what happens to a lot of these athletes. Draymond Green has given one of the biggest donations in the history of Michigan State. You know, Patrick Mahomes, I'm sure, has given God knows how much money to Texas Tech. These guys get so much money. And they are philanthropic about it when they're at the high level. And they cover a lot of things. You know, Draymond Green is thinking about the, the Michigan State basketball player that may or may not go to the NBA. The NFL should have, even if it's one central location, even if it's in Canton, Ohio, they should have a, their version of a VA hospital. Forget insurance companies. How about you guys pay doctors to work there straight up out of your own pocket. Yeah, that's a and, good idea. And, and that's something that I've talked about. You know, we've gotten political on this show before and you and everybody who's ever listened to this show for any extended period of time knows I am not the biggest fan of the the military. And one of the reasons I'm not a huge fan of the military and I don't do the whole, you know, respect the flag. And I was so outspoken about the Kaepernick thing when it happened is this. Much like the NFL the United States military takes advantage of underprivileged young men. They go, yeah, it's a dangerous job, but 
we're going to pay for college. Just like every NCAA football team. Yeah, it's dangerous, but we're going to pay for college. And then, yeah, it's dangerous in the NFL, but you're going to make some money. And what happens is, just like in the NFL, the military has their version of guys go out there and they go into the war game and they come back with PTSD or they come back with some injury they sustained and the VA is shitty. It's shitty. And so you're going, you guys trot out here every year, every election cycle, and, and you, you shame us into supporting you. And then we do. And what do you do? Do you support the guys that we're supporting financially? No. You make them jump through every friggin' hoop and guys are on the street with mental illness and guys are on the street with PTSD. And just like concussions in the NFL, the military pretended PTSD wasn't a thing for 40 years. And what the NFL needs to do, just like what the military needs to do is like, yeah, you can, you can go out there and say, this is a dangerous game and no one forced you to do it. And you're going to be paid handsomely to do it. But what I demand what, as a fan you better take care of those guys then if something happens. Well, it's just I'll, that simple. Then I'll pose this. Because I've thought about this. I, I think you're actually hitting on what I was about to say. Nothing's going to change until the fans care. I'm sorry, guys. Nothing's going to change. Nothing like as far as taking care of the players. Because at the end of the day, we all, we've always said the only thing the NFL cares about is money, bottom line. Like from a business sense, they run an amazing bottom line business. Like that's what they run. They, if you wanted to know how to run a business, follow the NFL model. If your one goal in life is making money and giving zero fucks, the NFL is where you start because they have that model down. They're not going to change until people stop watching, until people stop playing fantasy, until people stop gambling. And that's the that's the thing. Again, it's and, and, and that's I, why I asked that, because it's like for me. That's why I'm like, it's really tough because I love this sport. That's why I said everybody's got to think, could you give it up? Could you give up watching on Sunday? Could you give up attending games? That's why the thing is, and I, and again, I don't want to say silver line. There's no silver line. There's no, there's no positive in this. And my, whenever I start thinking about this and whenever I start talking about this with everybody that I've talked to about it since Monday and being nervous about coming on this on to do this podcast today is like the first thing no matter what we've talked about here, all the various topics that we've talked about in regards to this situation, every thought starts with, there's a fucking kid in the hospital still. And first and foremost, like, holy shit, I hope that kid is okay. Like, I hope that kid is more than okay. I hope he's full recovery. You know, God knows if he'd ever fucking want to play football again, but I hope to whatever's up there or whoever's out there, whoever's whatever. I hope to wherever that it's something that he has to make a decision about. I hope he gets to make that decision. I hope they say you're healthy and you're, you're fine and you're fixed and you could play football again. I hope he has to make that decision 
you know, God knows if you would ever consider it, but I hope he gets to make that decision. But if there is something that could in the long term be a positive here is this happened on Monday night football in the fucking game of the year. And we're all talking about it. And we're all talking about how does the NFL handle this? And how does the NFL be better about this going forward? And, you know, when you talk in baseball about moments that change the game, there's Jackie Robinson, but there's also Kurt Flood, the first free agent. Change the game. This moment is going to change the game. And this kid is going to be the face of that. And when he recovers and he is healthy, is this could be his legacy. And that's amazing because the NFL needs that to change. They've needed it to change for a long time. We've seen other players have severe injuries and it wasn't, it happened on a Sunday afternoon or it happened, you know, not in the, not in a game that didn't matter as much. And this is everybody's talking about it. And, and obviously there's 10% of people who are like some shithead response to what happened, but 90% of people are like, yo, now we need to talk about this. You know, I hope something changes, but like I said, I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I just don't think anything changes unless it affects their bottom line and fans demand a change. You know, that that's, that's how that that's, that's just me trying to be real with the situation. Now the bills released a statement that said he's doing better. Like I'll be honest. I don't know what to make of all that stuff. I don't know if they're just trying to be po positive. Like, like for me, so he's on a ventilator. So like I dealt with this twice now. And I know how that news goes. You take the, the, the smallest sliver of improvement because you have to be positive. You, like when you're talking about someone's life, you have to be positive. So I, I don't know. I hope he's doing better. But I, I just know like that road is a long road back. It, the whole thing is just awful. It's awful. But the crazy part, Joe, not many people left. Until and and, 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 and I kind of and, and I had that conversation with multiple, there was there was a group sitting behind us, and this this woman said they're going to restart the game. Not are they going to restart the game? The way she posed it is they are going to restart the game, right? Question mark. I couldn't stand her for the record. And I said to her immediately, no, they're not going to. And I know that because they wouldn't have stopped in the first place. That was when I knew because the end. If I know anything about the NFL, the NFL didn't want the game. They didn't want the, the first pause, if I know anything about the NFL. But we saw the coaches get together, and we saw the teams go to the locker room, and I got to think that that was on those coaches making that decision. And once that happened, I knew we were going to restart. Because you know why? Never happened before. There's never been – they never did it before. Games have stopped for lightning. Games have stopped for whatever. They didn't walk off the field because somebody got injured ever. And that moment I knew this is different than anything that's ever happened before ever. And we're not going to restart this game. And honestly, what, what made me think was the way he posed it. Why do you want this game to restart? 
And that's where I think you're right, which is if that's the attitude right after it happened, even by for some people that we're going to still have a tough fight in terms of getting the NFL to openly admit and come to grips with the fact that this could happen. It's amazing. It hadn't happened before this essentially. Yeah. I just know being there 30 minutes after it happened, that stadium is 90% full still like, like, you know, we didn't leave. Nobody, nobody left. I, it, it's just now part of it was probably people like, this is, you don't want to leave because what is happening? Never have we, any of us heard a quieter exit though. I mean, that the bathrooms exiting the stadium, the concourse outside the stadium, that energy went from 100 to just silence. I mean, multiple people messaged me. They said, what is the scene? I said, awake. Not awake, awake. Yeah, funeral. It was. It was. Yeah. Like people weren't even talking. No. When, when people were exiting the stadium, nobody was talking. Never seen anything like that. But they're playing this week, man. The Bills are playing this week. The Bengals are playing this week. Now, now there's something to be said. I, I don't, you know, people handle this stuff differently. I, I will never make fun of anyone for saying they want to get back and play. I'll never make fun of somebody who said, I, I can't play. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of your favorite movie, Top Gun. You know, there's the line, you, you got to get Maverick back up there. So some people, some people heal emotionally by going back to doing what they do, right? And when it comes to life and death, people handle it differently. Everybody handles it differently. Some people like to work through it. Some people like to take time off. I don't know, but obviously this year has been changed forever, the rest of this season. And hopefully for the better, like you said, a silver lining, the NFL on how things are handled, on how players are taken care of, and look, I'm not sitting here trying to gripe about little things because all donations are good. But if anything tells me how NFL owners are, seeing what I would deem insignificant donations to his charity, to me, says it all. Dude, if you're worth a billion dollars and you donate $10,000, am I a dick for saying I think that I think you're kind of an asshole for that? Well, listen. I don't know. Like people I'll, can say, I'll, I'll, people can I'll say you, Andy, it's ten thousand dollars. What are you bitching about? I'll well, tell you this. you're I'll worth a billion dollars. Well, yeah, and I'll and I'll tell you this. Um, I have a weird thing about numbers, you know. Uh, like I get whatever. So, the, his number is three. I'm not going to go donate three dollars to his thing, right? And sadly, I'm not Robert Kraft. So I couldn't donate $333 sure. as much as I would have loved to. So I didn't donated $33. Okay. If I can don't, if, if Robert Kraft donated the same portion of his net worth as I did, he would have donated $3 million. So no, it's not wrong to say, 
Hey, Robert Kraft, you're an asshole. But that's why we're in this situation, Andy. Well, that's my point as far as like all this changing. I, I just. It's like any tragedy we see. How many thoughts and prayers with no action ever, ever, ever. That's like the motto of our country at this point. And Anthony Jeselnik, didn't he have a whole special yeah. around the thoughts? And it's like things will never, but again, things never change unless people force it to change. And again, I keep, I hate having to say that there, Would, let me ask you this some positive, but the fact that this happened in week 17 in a nationally televised game in the game of the year. This is now, if this happened in week two, it might not be the, the number one thing we talk about during the Super Bowl. This year, during this Super Bowl, this will be talked about a lot. And when you talk about things that happen at the Super Bowl that is watched by everybody around the world, there are going to be people in other countries who don't know about this story until the Super Bowl. There are going to be people in our country who don't really follow sports. Oh, yeah, I think I heard about something about that. Oh, it was a cardiac arrest. It wasn't he didn't like it. He, it's, this isn't just some injury. The fact that this happened in week 17 and, the, and is going to affect the schedule, affect the playoffs in terms of who may or may not play X amount of games and whatever who are may not may or may not be seated somewhere. This will be a story for the rest of the NFL season. Whereas we've seen the NFL, it's a train that just keeps a running. If this happened in week two, I don't know that we're talking about it on this show. I don't know if it's mentioned briefly on this show. That's about to preview week 18. If it happened in week two, but happening in week 17 on Monday Night Football, we will talk about this situation every episode till the end of the year. And that's good because that's what needs to happen. It needs to be part of this conversation for the rest of the football season. And that's where you get a glimpse of a hope that the NFL changes for the better. But again, you know, I'll pose this to you just like I'm going to pose it to everybody listening. And I think we actually had this conversation an episode or two ago. I sadly, ironically, whatever you want to call it. What would it take to get you to stop watching the NFL? I literally watched somebody almost die on the field. I still don't think I'd stop watching the NFL. Again, I don't know what that says about me. I'm I'm being honest with myself. I, I love the sport that much. Well, listen. The closest I ever came to not watching the NFL was a few years ago when Trump was still in office and he announced right before the season started that he would be working with the NFL to punish players who didn't stand. And I said, now we have reached. Yeah, but I think that was all just grandstanding by him. Yes. Right, right. But there was a moment where the NFL didn't, where the NFL said, the NFL hinted that players would be punished. And to me, I was like, no, 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 no. 
This is now, now we're crossing a line into serious, like rights violations, serious treatment of people as if they are not human beings that are allowed to have opinions. That to me was the closest I ever came. And then I don't know if you remember, but it was a sort semi last minute before the season started announcement. And the NFL said, we will not be punishing anybody for pregame anthem stuff. And I said, okay, you, you, there were some of us who had a half foot out the door. And this is that moment again, where it's, it's being presented where the NFL has a chance to fuck it up more than they've already fucked it up or a chance to fix it. And if they hint that they're going to fuck it up, like they hinted, like they were going to fuck that up. It's not going to be a lot of people, but some people will walk away. And again, this is precisely what I talked about with that situation, Andy. Do not make, if the NFL has any brains, do not fix a short, do not do a short-term fix. Because the long-term issue here, just like the issue I said about the anthem, is the long-term issue here is if you're a young kid or the parent of a young football player and you see this happen, and you don't see them change, whether it be guaranteed salaries or guaranteeing care for these guys should they get hurt, you are not going to let your kid play. Fans, the NFL should be less worried about the fans because, like you said, most fans aren't going to leave. The long-term problem is players. Where are you going to get players when you say, we're not going to care for you? We can fire you if you have a bad opinion. It's going to be it's going to be harder and harder to convince young people to do it. So their long-term issue is make sure if you're a dad of a kid who wants to play football that you know you're you're not setting him up for a life where he's literally treated like trash. Expendable trash that can be crumbled up and thrown out. Yeah. Now, there's no doubt in my mind that the NFL wanted to play the game that night. You know, we see all the reports. I, I just, just based on what I think I know about the NFL, and again, the bottom line, but I'm really glad that the players and the coaches stepped up. Now the NFL is saying that they never made that. Like, I, we, just, I, we, just both, we just both agree that they're lying. I think they're just straight up lying. I, I I I think uh, Joe Buck saying we've been in contact with the NFL. ESPN's been a long running partner with the NFL for how long? They're they're not giving ESPN bad information on that. They're just not. The NFL is just lying. And, and I heard Troy Vincent. I don't know if you heard the audio of him crying. Dude, I, I don't buy that. it. You didn't. So I heard. So he so he he's on a call and he's crying. I don't buy it. Sorry, he's on a call after the fact or the night yeah. of, or what? and he's crying, saying, "No, no way did we want to continue this game and blah blah blah." And he and he's crying, and I'm like, "Dude, this is theater to me." And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm an asshole. 
I, I just think based on what I know about the NFL and how they've treated players. That's the one, the, the one thing I'm going to say, the one, the one other thing I'm going to say about the experience of us being there. Again, I don't know. I've heard a lot from people. I was, I was texting with Pete Sestaro during the game. I was texting with my manager during the game or during the, the break in the game about what they were seeing on TV versus what we were seeing. Okay. And I know that part of what was seen on TV is this conversation in the tunnel about that seemed to be about whether or not to go back on during that conversation. And correct me if you think I'm wrong here during the time that that conversation was apparently going on. Would you say that in the stadium, based on the movements of the people that were by the tunnels and by whatever, do you believe that they were preparing to play that game again? Because to me, we got to a point where things started moving around as if, yes, we're going to play this game again. Well, I said that. I said, I think they're going to try to play this. And that is where I think... Troy Vincent can say what he said. Joe Buck can say what he said. ESPN can say what he said. Roger Goodell can say what he said. But we were there. And they stopped. And then parts started moving. Like they were going to play that game again. And it was happening simultaneously with people texting me. Uh, they're in the tunnel. Coaches are talking. Somebody from the NFL is there. Diggs isn't coming back on. He's already in a towel. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like... Things better put on pants because they're starting this game up. And then clearly to anybody who has all of the information, the coaches were like, no, we're not. We're not playing. Well, and that's what Zach Taylor said in his press conference yesterday. That when he went over to Sean McDermott, McDermott said, I'm not coaching this game anymore. I got to be with my guy at the hospital. And like, that's when they knew and, and, and kudos to the coaches, you know? Well, that's the thing I think where we started part of this conversation and I'm glad we've circled back to it. This is, this is their jobs, man. This isn't, I know for a lot of fans, there's nothing more important to them than their football team and their fantasy team or their gambling or whatever. And it's like, We've seen it a million times when somebody makes a joke to a player. Hey, man, you're killing my fantasy team. They'll be like, fuck you. This is our life, dude. And the NFL can play all, put, push all the buttons and pull all the strings that they want. But in the end, it's always going to be about all of the players. You remember, like, we, we go back to the Kaepernick thing. When it was one guy, the NFL was like, Let's remove him from the league. And then when it was 10 guys in every team, now it says equality in the end zone. It's all about the, the players have power and the coaches have power. They just don't have it as one or as two. But as soon as you got both of those teams and both of those coaches say, we're not going back out there, the NFL can, the NFL can put machine guns to them, but they're not playing. You can't play the game without us. And that's what those guys always need to remember. And, you know, 
sadly, probably more of their agents are in bed with the NFL than they are with, but like, that's something that always needs to be understood by those guys is you guys hold all the power. And, and, and it's happened in a lot of other sports where the players have taken the power and the NFL is maybe the last league where they're like, no, no one's bigger than us, but you are because the, the, the game can't go on without the players. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have, I, you know, I earned, yeah, I've been critical of Taylor, but like he really earned a lot of respect for me, how everything was handled. I thought both coaches did a great job. You know, this is, this is more than a football game. This is someone's life, you know, and that, and that's, we, we have to remember that. And I think those coaches clearly knew that those players knew that. And I, I think for me, when people are critical of any of these guys or critical moving forward, I think we still, we still have to have empathy. Like I've steered clear of most of any online talk. And to be honest, I, I haven't even, I've actually, I have not watched the replay. I have not watched the replay of the even play of the play. So I, I just am like, I, I, I don't want to, to be honest. So it's like, these guys do make a lot of money and they do choose it. It doesn't mean you can't have empathy when somebody almost dies in the field. Like I, I, these things are not ever mutually exclusive. They don't have to be. It's stupid. You see people, oh, you know, oh, they're soft or you know, it's like, shut up, dude. You're not in that situation. Yeah. You're not in that situation. And also, honestly, the idea that they make a lot of money kind of bullshit. It's kind of bullshit. A lot of the guys do. A lot of the guys don't. You can say $236,000 or whatever that Hamlin made this year is a lot of money. Okay. But if you make $80,000 a year for the rest of your life, you make more money than this guy makes being in the NFL for four seasons at $236,000. And what's he left with after that? If he shreds his knee or if he hurts his shoulder or if he gets poked in the eye or if anything happens or if he just gets cut. He made a million dollars in his NFL career. It's not a lot of money. No, not in the long term. It's definitely not. And there's way more guys that have a rookie deal and never play again or are in a practice squad or whatever. Then there are Patrick Mahomes. Sure. Or Joe Burrow or any of them. This At this point, when we've talked about it, it's why the quarterback thing has become the quarterback numbers have become such a big issue and winning on these rookie deals or how do you pay Mahomes and pay Tyreek Hill? You don't all the stuff is it's two guys on a team. You're talking about a receiver, a quarterback, maybe an edge rusher. You're talking about a, a, a corner on your team or whatever. Like you're talking about a tackle. You're talking about one guy on your line, one guy in your receiving core, your quarterback, one guy on your defensive line, maybe a, a D back. I mean, the average six, six guys on a team that make the, over 10 million bucks. The average NFL career is 3.3 years. So, you know, you know, you know how many years you got to play to get past your rookie deal. So those are the numbers. 3.3 years. The average. It's the average. So if Tom Brady 
and Peyton Manning and Eli Manning and Drew Brees and Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger play 20 years. That means you got a lot of ones to cancel those out. Yeah. I know. There's a lot. Well, I don't have anything else to add to this particular conversation at this point. I think we've kind of exhausted it. You know, there's obviously a lot to say. It'll be interesting watching games this weekend. It'll feel different. But like I said, I mean, I'll be watching. You know, both the Bengals and Bills have a home game. What's we've said, I've said before, and I'll say again is this will be a part of every conversation moving forward in a sense. I mean, you look at my team, right? I'm a Giants fan. I'm, I'm a, I'm a diehard Giants fan. Everybody who listens to the show knows I'm a Giants fan. Last week on this show, maybe even Monday on this show, I, I, I was, dreaming of the fantasy uh, playoff picture we could have. I don't know if you remember me saying that. If this happens and the Giants beat the Eagles this weekend and -and so-and-so, we could be in a situation. Here's the thing. This Hamlin injury affects my fandom of my own team. Last weekend, I was like, if we beat the Eagles, now I'm like, we shouldn't play anybody against the Eagles. We're locked into the five seed. What in God's name was anybody thinking? Of course, as I say about every quarterback, why would we let make guys take hits that they don't need to make? Tyrod Taylor should start. You're locked in the five. Who cares? You got to beat everybody to win the Super Bowl. We're not playing for to get the who gives a shit what happens to the Eagles. That's not our problem. That's not our team. That's not our guys. It's not the guys in our locker room. Yeah. Let the Eagles do what they do. You just had Daniel Jones take two hits at the goal line last week. Don't make him take this this week. Let him play two series. Make sure he's good. Make sure he gets his work in. Get him out of the game. Well, you know, games are going to start off on Saturday. I bet they're going to be viewed. Highly viewed, like, you know, this is actually going to increase ratings. People are going to be tuning in to see what happens. And we have some big games all weekend long. And and sometimes you have to, you know, like I said, sometimes it's good to get back to routine, right, when you deal with tragic events because it brings back some sort of normalcy. And hopefully that's what happens for these guys. You know, like I said, everyone's different. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes people need time off. But uh, we are going to get to these games. Look, I still love football. I still want to talk football. It's terrible what happened. It's just a tragedy. It just sucks. There's no other way to put it. But, you know, the games are going to go on and we're going to watch them. And we got our own little bet it's at stake here. And hopefully well, let's do this, Andy, because you had said it, you had said it before. Obviously we, what happened after um, we hung out before the game, but you wanted to shout out some dirt balls and like, you know, maybe what we can do right now 
as 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 a as a, just a pause in this so that we don't like it it feels really weird to me to have that conversation and then be like what's the spread on the game on saturday we've got a danger witch bet right I agree. um i think that the thing that we need to remember and this i think could be the transition in back into us making our picks is that we all love the sport of football, the, you know, the, the people who are listening to the show, I, I assume if you listen to our show, especially with Andy Ruther now being a football only from August to February guy, um, Donovan Mitchell could score 700 points. Andy Ruther's not putting down the rundown. Uh, being a football only guy is if you listen to the show, you probably also love the NFL. And I think that the thing that maybe could transition us here back into talking about the games this weekend and, and, you know, a game that we really like watching is people, a lot of people that watch the NFL never played, never put on a helmet in their, in their life. And what people love about it is the community. You know, what people love about it is you saw with the Bengals fans there. Bengals fans were hyped for that game because they were with their their friends and they were with their fans. And they were with that. And that's what we all love about sports in general, which is we love going to the bar and being around our, you know, fellow fans and cheering for the game. We love being in the stadium. The, the, the experience of watching sports on TV at this point blows away the experience of watching the game itself with your eyes at a stadium. But what you said before uh, watching that game was the chills that you got being there. There's still the, 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 the part of that that gives you chills was all the other people there and the atmosphere and how everybody was like, it was like, you can't recreate that on TV. And so I think that's the thing to remember is like sports brings us all together and it brought a bunch of dirt balls out to the game. We got to see, you know, Jay Lloyd and Stolze and beat the Indigo and Jedediah who came down for the game and crypto Ranta and all the all the dirt balls. If I'm missing anybody, did I forget anybody, Andy? Um, you know, everybody was there because, and we got to see all those people. And it sucks that we didn't get to see them after. We didn't get to have beers with them at halftime and whatever. But the reason we were they were all there is because they listen to our show. And the reason they, they listen to our show is because we talk about sports. And that's what the best part about sports is it brings all those people together. And it was awesome to see all those people. And it sucks the way that that night ended because it started out so great. But I think that's the thing to remember while we do all this shit is like, yeah, you know, it's a game and you don't want to see anybody get hurt playing a game, but also it's so much more than a game. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, look, we, we, it was great seeing those guys. Um, I did see a common thread through all that. A positive common thread was the Miller Lite. The Dirt Balls are such great Miller Lite supporters. The Miller Lite was flowing at the tailgate. We first met Sarah from Gold Star, her husband, Ryan, who's a Dirt Ball. They had Miller Lights. You guys brought Miller Lights. All the Dirt Balls brought Miller Lights. I mean, you talk about a beer that's bringing friends and family together. The Dirt Ball fam. What a great, great beer to straight up, no lie, become kind of like a ritual within the Dirtball fam. Or, I mean, Andy warms my heart. You know, we talked about all, we've talked about what these athletes go through. But I mean, 
the years that we put in, the years I put in saying the, the official and you're like, not official. It's official now. Everywhere we go, people show up with their badge of honor. You know, for a while, it was everybody was showing up in a Bill Walton shirt. For a while, it was everybody was screaming no chill or Joanne when we would get on stage. You know, now the thing is, dude, if you show up, you bring Miller Lights. I mean, that's what I found so just heartwarming, right? Everybody who showed up at that tailgate had a six pack, 12 pack, whatever you would name it, 24 pack Miller Lite. It was just like, it was literally, it was like a commercial. Friends getting together, handing out Miller Lights to each other. It, it was we were, it, we were we were Bob Euchre away from being a Miller Lite commercial. Truly, we were. Guys, since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just a great beer for people who like beer. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly at Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. So we do have some big, uh, it's a big week, Joe. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. You're a point. As we head into these, these final games, we got two on Saturday, the rest on Sunday. You know, this, I'm just going to say, I think it's the most important week in NFL history. Right, because of what happened, and all the eyes that are going to be watching, and and hopefully, like we said, his health improves, Demar's health improves, some things change for the better for the players. You have a one point lead in the Russell Wilson danger witch bet. We head into Week 18. Two games on Saturday. The first one, you have Chiefs Raiders. Can I ask you something about the the danger witch bet and our things again? And I and I'm I ask this with fear of jinxing it, with fear of jinxing my one point lead. There's a lot of talk though that this happens to you on a semi regular basis since we've been doing this show. I don't think that does. You get out to a hot start. I think it's happened twice. You crumble down the stretch. Do, I mean, I mean we, we've done this, this eight times. So, so like, is, I, I, I think this, it's only happened twice this year. This year again, I tried to make, I tried, I always try to get you to a point where it's basically the Ruther curse. I try to get you a point where you have such a big lead that you guarantee victory, and I think you've learned not to at this point. Do you think that it? I'm going to say this, and again with hopes not. Do you, are do you feel like you talk yourself out? Do, is this a? Is, or do you have a mental deficiency down the stretch? Or do you have the anti-clutch gene? No, I'm not too worried. Like, okay. if I lose, I lose. Like, I mean, if, if anything, we always talk about Michael Jordan's killer instinct and Kobe's killer instinct. Is this you? Are you, do you have the, do you have the Barry Bonds gene? Do you have the A Rod gene? Like, you know, you just strike out big moments. Is this what it is? No. So I wouldn't call this a big moment. If I lose, I got to eat a sandwich. Yeah. Right. You eat a lot of sandwiches. Well, we'll see. I mean, yeah. we, we have an only one point lead. That's for sure. 
Yeah, like we haven't even decided if that just means a three sandwiches, like a day's worth. Yeah, I thought we settled on like it was a week one way or the other. We we did not. Yeah, I have confirmation from Beverly Dylan Monas that we never confirmed. Well, we have to. I'm gonna need a. I'm gonna need like a nuclear key double turn from somebody else because last week we had to call Mata just to tell him he didn't have the games right. So maybe Mata should focus on making sure he gets all of our picks right this week. And we'll have somebody else go back and check. Mata, don't worry about the danger witch bet. We'll have we'll find a danger witch dirt ball. You just make sure you get all the picks right this week. Okay. I'm not trying to lose this bet because you tell me Ruther picked the Raiders when he didn't or some shit like that. Bev, focus on the picks. Listen to everything twice. Be like Santa Claus. Have a list. Check it twice. And also, I like that I'm demanding that from you, even though we give you nothing for your efforts. Well, except except Dan Gordonley's ID that one time, which failed miserably. Yeah. So we start with the Chiefs Raiders. It's in Las Vegas. Stidham played well last week. Not well enough. They lost a close one in overtime. Was that a one game aberration? I don't know. Chiefs have been big favorites week to week, Joe, and they just continue to not even come close to covering. We have another big favorite this week. They have to win. They're nine and a half point favorites. Last week of the season, how do we decide who goes first? Should I'll go first. Point? I'll Ooh. go first. Oh, he's taking it. I'm going to be what the Bengals did when they said we want to give the ball in our Franchise quarterback, Joe Burrow. Nine is a lot. It's, it's too a much. nine point or nine, nine, and a half. nine and a half. And you know what? This is a pretty straightforward one for me. Nine and a half is too much for me. I mean, there's there's no other way around it. I just, that's too much for me. You can say the Raiders have nothing to play for. I disagree. I think in a way they're playing almost for Josh McDaniels and maybe in a weird way, they this kind of sneak peek at Stidham maybe with them. Nine and a half is too much for me. It's in Las Vegas. Those fans will be turned. I'm taking the Raiders to cover. I am going to agree with you. Nine and a half is too much. I, you know, I, like I've said, it's, it's, it's going to be hard to not talk about DeMar Hamlin in every aspect of football from this one on. But dare I say the Raiders have DeMar Hamlin to play for. And by that, I mean, like, is every team a Bills fan now, except the teams that are might play them in the playoffs? Like, if you're the, you know, Detroit Lions, are you rooting for the Bills for the rest of the season? Like, are you like, I think you are. And so that being said, I think the Raiders are like, they can still be the one seed. And you know what helps? If we beat the Chiefs. So, yeah, I think nine and a half is too much. Well, we have another division game with the division on the line here. Jags Titans in Jacksonville. Jags are six-point favorites. Well, this will be Saturday night, by the way. Primetime. ESPN. Jags are surging. 
Titans are collapsing. Joshua Dobbs will be playing quarterback for the Titans. Anybody besides Josh Dobbs. And I think I'm on the Titans. And I'm half on the Titans right now. I almost want to take the Titans. I'm thinking about it. But I can't. Josh Dobbs. God. I mean, will Derek is Derek Derek Henry back and playing and healthy and good to go? Not sure. Can look it up. How are the how are the how are the Titans going to score points? He is playing. I'm taking the Jags. I I I, I want to take the Titans. I I'm 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 tempted to take the Titans if you if you were playing quarterback. And Josh Dobbs, they're like, oh, he looked good last week. I'm going to take the Jags. Reckless. I think that's the worst one so far, and it's we're two games in. I'm definitely taking the Titans. I'm and shocked you did that. I'm shocked. I think it's just. And you could division, be right. Like, division like game. The, we Division game. Division on the line. Week 18. So obvious. This is going to be a field goal game. Well, I, in my head, I think it's going to be a three or four point game. But Me too. But Josh Dobbs? But, but Joe, I'll be honest. If the Jags won 27 to 7, I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. So I'm taking the Titans solely to one, possibly gain a point on you. And two, I think the Titans cover deep down. So those are the games Saturday night. And the Bucks have already wrapped up the division. So I believe Brady, I believe the starters are not playing because the Falcons, this is where it gets dicey. The Falcons are four-point favorites. Where's the game? It's in Atlanta. Damn, this is why I I always, I always... Todd Bowles intends to play as starters. For how long? That's what's interesting. Atlanta's four-point favorites. Dude, even if they play the backups, I, I mean, just neither of these teams can score. Neither of these teams can score. I'm going with the Bucks. Me too. Try to right. talk you out of that one. <laughs> A little for how long? Just throwing that out there for how long. Yeah. Didn't try to overplay that one. Tried to slow play it a little. You know, it's a lot of mind games going on here, but I didn't want to overdo it. I felt like if I overdid it, you'd see through it. I just tried to throw for how long I was looking at my phone specifically. Wasn't trying to make eye contact. <laughs> Calls my bluff. We both go bucks. All right. Patriots bills. Obviously there's gonna be a lot of emotion at this game. Buffalo is a seven-point favorite. It's in Orchard Park, so it's going to be so much emotion at this game. There is a part of me that feels like there is a potential of this game being close because the Bills come out flat. Yeah. And because 
we have all these question marks about what's going to happen with these seeds and what's going to blah, blah, blah. And in a way I'm like, is it like, do these teams not have to play week 18? Do we not have to make up this game? Cause it's settled and it's done. And the bills lose this game and they're not the one seed because the chiefs win and blah, 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 blah. But maybe it's the fucking Disney movie watcher, you know, Disney sports movie vibes. But I also think there's a chance that Bills just come out and beat the absolute living shit out of them. Yeah. And that's the one I'm going with. Well, I agree. I, I think, you know, you have you have two things at stake here. You have a possible blowout or just a letdown. The problem with the Dolphins, they, I'm sorry, the Dolphins, the problem with the Patriots, and I watched that Dolphins game, they just, they can't score, man. Yeah. They can't score. I, I just, and, and to me, I was, I had the same thought process as you, but ultimately I'm saying, I don't think they can keep up offensively. Do you think, like, I mean, I, again, it's it. I I'm just gonna say it every single time we have the conversation. It's fucking weird to talk about football when this has happened. It's weird to talk games. It's weird to talk specifically about the teams involved in that game. It's hard to talk about fan. Like I don't fuck with fantasy at all. And 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 part of my not fucking with fantasy is there. There's always been a thing about like I hate the the treating players, turning players into their statistics. I hate that. I also just hate fucking doing fantasy. Um, but how do you think this line was affected by the injury? It's a good question. I mean, I thought about it. I'll be honest. I thought about it. You think this line's higher if this doesn't happen? Or lower? I think it's lower. You So you think Vegas is counting on the the bills coming out and beating the shit out of them. I do. I, or as it was, I wonder, I wonder how this line has moved based on people wanting to support them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think the bills feel the energy of the entire football watching country world, whatever you want to call it. No, I'm, I'm at the, the actual financial movement, you know, finances are what actually moves an NFL line. Yeah. The, uh, a, a sure. book, a bookmaker will, sits in an office with a very difficult job of going, man, I'm putting up this line. And in the first 15 minutes, a guy with a ton of money could be like, nope, you fucked it up. And I see where you fucked it up. And I'm going to take advantage of that. And the line quickly adjusts. If there, if, if somebody makes a move, I'm wondering if this line has even been adjusted since it was, since it came out by people being like, you know what? I'm betting the bills this week. It's crazy that we're talking about this shit, but again, we're going to be talking about it for the whole fucking rest of the season. Yeah. If I had to, if I had to guess, maybe it's the, the, you know, again, I just think that if I had to guess, I think the bills come out and play well. All right. So sounds like we both are on the same page there. We both think the bills are going to win and cover. And I think we'll all be rooting for them. I don't know who won't be Patriots fans. That's it. All right, Vikings, Bears. This is in Chicago. Who is playing quarterback? Because I know Justin Fields is not playing. 
Is Roscoe okay? I feel like you, you dude. You, I don't, keep, dude. You keep peering I know. to both sides, like you're walking down, like you're going down a dangerous alley. Well, because he's he pee, dude. He never does. He peed in the house. He had diarrhea this morning. He just keeps looking at me. We're gonna have to do another five minute break so I can see if he's gonna shit all over the backyard. Casa de Roscoe. I mean, he's never like this, but I. Like, I shamed him. Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, I, I grabbed him down. And I'm like, dude, you peed. And he ran away. And now he, like, he peed in this room. And I don't know why. It doesn't make sense. He, he, he won't, like, like, he's his back to me now. He's sitting on his bed. I don't know if he, I don't know if he has diarrhea, if he, like, something's going on with him. But he peed at my girlfriend's parents' house. There's something going on with him. Okay. You're like, I don't need to know all this. I, 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 all I know is, and and we talked about this. I came to town. We met Littlehead Roscoe. We met the Build-A-Bear. Your girlfriend may or may not exist. We've we've literally got no. We, I, I'm less confident your girlfriend is a real person now than before I visited. Uh, so, you know, it's Casa de Roscoe. It's a wild place. It's a wild place. The only thing. I know about Casa de Roscoe. Roscoe's in charge, hence the name Casa de Roscoe. Uh, Andy Ruser plays way too much Papa Shot. 125. <laughs> I was like, what are we talking about here? First of all, I don't play that much. You. How many games did I play? You played Papa Shot nonstop. Well, yeah. But I, mean, I actually don't play that much. I, haven't play I have not played since you left. I don't play. Dude, I can just. Here's what I think it is. I think my small build and my small hands are perfect for the popper shot. I think it's a little man's game and I'm a little man. Yeah. Well, 125 is unreasonable. Although when I hit 111 on a random, I was like, oh, okay. I see how this can be done. At first I was like, 125 is ridiculous. Were you just standing up there hitting the button? Um, but yeah, Casa de Roscoe, wild place. A lot of snacks. We had a lot of snacks at Casa de Roscoe. Maybe Roscoe got into the Buckeyes. Have you thought about that? The Buckeyes were a little too rich for you, huh? It, I mean, it was, it was like a reverse peanut butter cup. It was almost like chocolate covered in peanut butter. There's still a lot here. It's like, right. that, to, to, me, to me, that Buckeye is like a one a week snack. Just a blast of peanut butter and chocolate welcome to ohio man yeah eating healthy is not a thing but i got something that might help that something that's arriving either this week or next week and you should get some as well some butcher box high quality meat high quality meat and seafood delivered right to your door joe i'm talking about getting on a much better diet. And I think that new year's resolution, which you and I both discussed is always delayed because, Hey, we had some things happen with football. We had to delay it. I think it's going to start when my butcher box arrives at the front door. It's 100% grass fed beef, free range, organic chicken, pork raised, crate free and wild caught seafood. No antibiotics or added hormones. It's all humanely raised. The best part about ButcherBox, free shipping for the continental U.S. and no surprise fees. What are you going to cook, Joe, when that ButcherBox arrives? 
You're a steak guy. You know, you know me. You know me. I, I want two things from Butcher Box. Not that I didn't love the chicken that I got from Butcher Box. Not that I didn't love the sausage that I got from Butcher Box. Not that I didn't love the seafood that I got from Butcher Box one time. Not that I didn't love the little tartlets of apple pie that I got from Butcher Box. But if I could, if I could make an adjustment to my Butcher Box order and just have two things arrive, I only need two things. I need steak and I need bacon. Yeah. I don't need burgers. I don't, they're nice. I like the burgers they gave me. Delicious ground beef. I don't need them. There should be, honestly, I hope that, listen, Dirtballs, here's what I need you to do. I need you guys to order from Butcher Box. I need this to be the next Miller Lite. You know how they're, you know, Luke Combs has his own like Miller Lite cans and whatever. We need the, we need the no chill box. I want you guys to support this so much that Butcher Box gives me my own box. The the no chill box. It's just steaks and bacon, steaks and bacon, steaks and bacon. Five packets of bacon, 25 steaks. The no chill box. When you're, when you say, fuck my health, I want steaks and bacon. Forget chicken. I just bacon, 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 bacon. Well, you can get the new year bundle for free plus $10 off when you sign up today. That's a 14-ounce pork tenderloin, mm. two, two pounds of ground turkey, and four top sirloin steaks free in your first box. Banana land. Sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash dirty and use code dirty to claim this offer. All right. Vikings, Bears, Minnesota is seven and a half point favorites. Who is starting for the Bears this week? I am up first. I know Nathan Peterman is off that was was brought in. I don't know if he's starting. Yes, he is starting. So the the Vikings, are they locked in that three seed or no? No. So they have something to play for. Maybe they are. No, I don't think they are. I don't think they are. Because the Eagles could lose and the Cowboys could lose. And the Niners could, yeah, they they could move up. This is a tough one for me, and I'm up first. The Vikings took an absolute beat down last week. Yeah. And now they're seven and a half point favorites. I don't care yeah. if they're playing Nathan Peterman. It's still on the road in January in Chicago on Soldier Field, a team that normally plays in the Dome. But the Bears have been getting blown out, too. Is this a bounce back game? Part of me saying, yeah, the Vikings are going to come out strong. And then all the Vikings crews and be like, yeah, man, the Vikings this, are back. It, let me ask you something. What, what would be the number that you'd be confident? Do you think it was, if it was seven, would you be confident with six and if it was six and a half, would it change your mind? Probably four, four. So then you're there. So you're fully on the Vikings. What do you mean? So f- four. You're saying right now you're it seems like you're leaning toward the Vikings. No, I'm leaning towards no. the Bears. Oh, okay. I know you're trying to play mind games with me because I haven't made my pick, but I, but I don't I don't I actually didn't know. I don't know. I don't know what you're up to. Well, I'm saying I think seven and a half is a lot. Right. But I'm also like Nathan Peterman. Right. Like, I mean, you're gonna throw three picks in the first half. 
going to cause 17 points. Right. Like, like, I don't know. The Vikings burned me last week. The Vikings have the, the Vikings have been very hit or miss for me. Yeah. By the way, the Vikings have been outscored. I believe they've been they've given up more points than they've scored this year, which is wild that they're twelve yeah. four. Six, six, like with some significance. I think it's twelve or fifteen or nineteen points or something like that. I'm gonna go with my gut. I'm gonna go Bears. Okay, I'm going the Vikings. Damn. Let's go. <laughs> and here's why. And here's why. Vikings are absolutely frauds. And this is how they've become frauds because they've conned their fan base into believing them by beating bad teams and getting absolutely fucking blown out by good teams. The bears are bad. Bears are starting Nathan Peterman. I don't know what the bears are doing with Justin Fields. I get that. You're like, Oh, he's been playing a little bit hurt, but it's the last game of the season. He's got the whole off season. You have a potential of a rushing record. I'm assuming that Justin Fields is part of this decision, but and there is some part of me, I made the joke on uh, Twitter, Nathan Peterman diving into free agency after playing the Vikings defense. But at the same time, it's really not even about Nathan Peterman. Um, it's about the Vikings are frauds and will they can't wait to like can't wait as a Giants fan. I love the confidence Minnesota is going to have again going into our playoff game because they beat the shit out of the Bears in a meaningless game for the Bears. I'm on the Vikings. That was hard work. Hold on a second, dude. I don't know. What, give me a <laughs> sec. He's scratching. What is going on here? Buddy, what are you doing? I would just like to say, um, guys, and there's some dirt balls that, that, uh, recognize this because i said it a couple weeks ago the, i gotta let him out this is this is yeah and i'm gonna go ahead go for it you can take a break we can just pause no, I'll, the show I'll I'll, I'll 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 keep things going you're just good when you buy 10 tickets oh, on vivid damn seats, it but i love you are you, are you running free. commercials I wonder no what my 11th will be yes. you can riff i'm gonna ugh, let me just handle this unbelievable okay. guys i i i I, I talked about a couple of weeks ago playing the mind games of the Ruther. I stole the, the basically the difference in pick them right now is the Jags Jets game where I absolutely mind fucked Andy Ruther and convinced him to take the Jets. And you can go back to listen to that from a couple of weeks ago. Um, Andy Ruther just got mind fucked again. He got mind fucked out of taking the, the Vikings. He was on the verge of taking the Vikings. You go back and listen. He's about to, he's like, oh, what, or is this a bounce back game for them? And I snuck in. Right when he said, is this a bounce back game? I snuck in and I saw my window and I said, oh, what would make you more confident? And then suddenly he was back on the bears. So I mind fucked him there. And listen, he has been peering around all episode. Like, where's Roscoe? What's going on with Roscoe? But this right now, the standing up in this moment, this was Andy Ruther taking a fucking. This is his Doc Rivers taking a timeout. He just, I just went on an 11 0 run and he just, that was just an anxious timeout. He is scared about what I am going to say it right now. I don't feel super confident about my Jags uh, Titans bet. The, the Jags Titans pick. I don't feel confident about it. Just feel really wrong to pick Josh Dobbs. It felt wrong to me. I watched him the other game. I didn't like it. Um, I don't feel confident about it, though. The idea that that game isn't close with the division on the line when Vrabel's coaching. 
uh, that was a bad pick. It could work out in my favor. I mean, Vegas knows what they're doing. Um, it could work out in my favor. But this one I wanted. I wanted the Vikings on this one. I think the Vikings are frauds. And I think that the Vikings are going to have their fan base jacked up for the first playoff game. Um, I, I, honestly, I don't even want the Vikings to lose this game. Not because of my point. Forget that. But also, I don't want the Vikings backing into the playoffs because then they've got to they sort things out. I want the Vikings cruise controlling into the playoffs. 25-point victory. They feel great. Everything's right. The Packers game was an aberration. Don't worry about it. We're fine because you're not. You're frauds. The Giants pass rush coming alive. Uh, Kirk Cousins, playoff failure. Can't wait for it. Am I very confident? No. Am I slightly confident? Yes. So... I saw this as a, a Vikings win. Again, listen, Vegas knows what they're doing. The seven and a half, I don't like the hook. I'd be much more comfortable with six and a half. I'd be way more comfortable with six and a half. Um, but I just conned Andy into taking the Bears. And maybe I benefit from that, or maybe this is my undoing, and I end up eating danger witches. But one thing is for sure, Roscoe's fine, and Andy has stepped away because he just got, I mean, he was playing checkers and I was playing 3D chess. So that's just, I just want everybody to know that's what happened. Also, and I talked about it before, since Andy Ruther is off camera, I want everybody to know that I truly believe Andy Ruther's girlfriend does not exist. A lot of, uh, lot of decoration around Casa de Roscoe, a lot of Christmas trees up. A lot of frilly, girly stuff where I'm like, it looks like a woman lives here, but it also looks like someone wants it to look like a woman lives there. Not a ton of pictures of her around the house. I didn't see a lot of, I didn't see a framed Andy and Brittany, I believe. I didn't see a framed picture of them hugging. I didn't see, you know, their first trip to wherever. Um, The decor pretty much out of the bag Christmas decor. There was a closet full of women's clothes, but not hard to get, you know, not hard to, not hard to acquire. Uh, Andy's got a lot of sisters-in-laws. Andy's got a mom uh, who sadly passed away. There's some women's clothes to be had. Did he fill his closet with women's clothes and adopt a small headed fat bodied dog? to try to convince us that he has a relationship. Possibly. Possibly. That's what you guys should know about what's happening here. How long is he going to step away? Is he on the phone trying to figure out his next move uh, in terms of this pick I don't know, but I know one thing for sure. Roscoe's fine. Andy shook. Andy probably needs to go shit in the yard. I think that's what happened. And he's back. Dude, I mean, I don't know what's going on with this dog. I said that was your Doc Rivers timeout. I said, you, you know, I just, we, I just, I just took one from you there. You called a timeout. I was like, I don't think Roscoe's got a shit in the yard. I think Andy has to shit in the yard. Roscoe's fine. Andy, no, he didn't, he, he didn't shit. shit. He didn't shit. Oh, I know he didn't shit. Did you shit in the yard? No. Did you look at the game? Did you look at any of the lines while you were gone? Was this truly about Roscoe? Dude, he's out of control. I, and I don't know if this is because he couldn't hang with us two, two nights in a row. Two, th- two out of the last three episodes. 
I've been required to just go solo for six to seven minutes at a time. I'm I'm demanding a raise suit. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like this dog, he's never been like this. My Venmo's at Joe Prano for anybody who thinks I need a financial bump for carrying the show for minutes on end when Ruth just steps away. He just grabbed a toy now. Like, like, you know what it is? It's like now, like, I think I'm turning to his bitch. I've given him so much love in this house that like now it's like I'm on demand. But normally he just sleeps during the show, right? He doesn't bother me. He goes to a different part of the house. He's just, I don't know what's going on. It's all changed since you guys visited. I'm just saying <laughs> everything changed. What did Justin do to him? <laughs> what happened on that couch? We'll never know. I can't wait to go back and listen to hear what you said about me. Bears Vikings. We covered that. All right. Yeah. Next up. Ravens Bengals. Bengals are seven point favorites. You're up wow. first. Wow, I'm going with the Ravens. Where's the game? It's in Cincinnati. I'm going with the back seven. I know it's Tyler Huntley, right? Yeah, I think. I don't I, know. But I, just to me, this is the. I mean, I also I feel the same way about this game as I felt about the Bills game. The Bengals could come. I mean, the the Bengals look like their offense was was ready to percolate against the the bills um but for the division seven point game seems crazy to me it's high it's really high the 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 bengals have a half a point differential in their game at the ravens for the division as the Vikings against the meaningless Bears game, that that's a, it's the same spread. Vegas is on the same spread. Well, one is at home. I'm going with the Bengals. I'm going to go a little crazy. Woo-wee. Wow, that is a shocker. That was not even a that was there was no mind game involved there. I just never saw that coming. I think Bengals just kicked their ass. Wow. I think I think Joe Burrow is so good and he's so locked and loaded. He is going to have his guys ready to play. They're going to be motivated. They're going to have good, high emotional energy, and they are going to kick the living shit out of the Ravens. And I think the Ravens will not be able to score and keep up. And I think it's an absolute blowout. Bengals wow. by, by two touchdowns. Wow. There's where the Ruther predictions happen and the backfiring. All right, so we're getting a few different picks. Texans, Colts. This is a worthless game, Joe. So let's have fun and pick it. The Colts are two and a half point favorites. Sorry, give me this game again. I was replying to something really quick. It's all right. Texans, Colts. It's Texans in, 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 the, in the Colts are two point favorites. Colts are two and a half point favorites. I mean, the Colts are fucking bad. If you're the.
This is tough. The, the I mean, the, the big question mark in this game is, are the Texans throwing the game? Correct? I'm just trying to see who else. They have two wins. The Bears have three. Good question. I don't know. The Bears have three, but the Bears have fields. Who's playing quarterback for the Colts? I don't know. This is tough, man. This is a tough one. Is am I up first? Yeah. This is a real tough one. Um I mean, does it really matter? I'm taking Houston to win the game. Sam Allinger starting. I'm taking Houston to win the game. I dude, I'm just I just can't take the Colts. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to agree with you. Like, like I don't know if Houston wins. I, I just, I'm not, I'm, I'm not using. I'm not gonna lose. I do. I don't want to lose a pick on the Colts. I just don't. Sorry. Taking the Colts. I'm sorry. I'm taking the Texans. All right, Jets, Dolphins. Jets are a one point favorite. It's in Miami. In, in Miami. I guess because the. Dolphins are on their third string quarterback. Right. I don't know if you saw Robert saw they're 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 still backing Zach Wilson. It's what's wild to me. What he said, he's only 23. He needs to go read a book, get away from the game. The thought of Zach Wilson reading a book is hilarious to me for the record. He's the last guy I picture reading a book. That that wasn't the book of Latter-day Saints, of course. Yeah, exactly. Why are the Jets a one-point favorite is the question. I don't know. I guess the quarterback situation, but I don't know. I mean, the Jets quarterback situation isn't a whole lot better. Like, I know everybody was on, like, the Mike White, but, like, we both called it last week. Mike White, it was like, like Mike White's coming back. How are you guys so confident? We're like, it's still the fucking Jets. I'm taking the Dolphins. I'm taking the Jets. Let's go! <laughs> Mike White and Mike White we trust. Officer Street quarterback, let's fucking go. I hate this pick. I hate this pick, but I I shocked you did that. (laughs) You shocked me. We're shocking each other this week. This is this is like all bets are off. We're basically neck and neck. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, taking the the, Jets. It's really just the Dolphins quarterback situation for me. The the here's what I like. Here's what makes me think the Jets, the Dolphins quarterback situation and the losing streak. Here's what makes makes me think the Dolphins. It's in Miami and Jets going to Jets. So it was right there. But Miami, the wheels are off almost more than the Jets. True. Miami can make make the playoffs if they win. So I'm going to trust that. All right. Panthers, Saints. You're up. It's in New Orleans. Saints are three and a half point favorites. Panthers, Saints. It's in New Orleans. Oh, everybody eliminated from playoff contention here, right? No one's in the mix. Correct. Panthers, Saints. It's in New Orleans. Three and a half. Is that what you said? 
Yeah, Saints are three and a half point favorites. I'll take the Panthers on a with the half point hook. Mm, you you were you reading my mind there? Well, it's, I mean, it's pretty like not nobody has anything to play for. Seems yeah. like a division three point game. Which which team's kicking it at the end for the win? I don't know. One of them, and even if it's the Saints, I still win. Yeah. Well, I, I agree. I think. I think the Panthers cover. Bro, Roscoe is like the weirdest. He's possessed. He keeps coming in here. He's sniffing everything in the room. I don't know what's going on here. Is this is the weirdest, buddy? We're done with the show in ten minutes. All right, Browns. So we're both going to take the Panthers. Browns Steelers. It's in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has a long shot to making the playoffs. They don't want to end the streak of Mike Thomas never had a losing season. Pittsburgh's two and a half point favorites in Pittsburgh. Yeah. This is tough, man. This is a, this is a tough game. Well, you're first, so I don't really. This is to... a tough game. When you buy God, tickets on Pittsburgh, you get the I mean, I mean, they just like frame. you can you can I here's what I don't get. I have hit pause. Like you're forcing me to play this ad after every 10 minutes or some shit. Uh we talked about we we watched so we watched the end of the Sunday night game when we both when Andy when Randy Ruther and I arrived to um uh uh Cincinnati. And I've been saying this the whole year, and we didn't talk about it at all on Monday. And I, I actually thought about it after the fact. I like Kenny Pickett, man. I'm a Ken, I'm a Kenny Pickett stan. Kenny Pickett's my new like fucking, I don't know who, but I like Kenny Pickett. So it sounds like you want to take the Steelers. Oh, no, 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 I, I, no. I'm just, I just, this is separate. I, have, I, I actually, and I'll say this: there no, no head games involved here since it's your pick first. I have no idea who I'm picking in this game. Um, I think it could go either way. I just want to say separate from all that. I do. I like Kenny Pickett and I like Kenny Pickett's future in Pittsburgh. And I think that Kenny Pickett is going to be their quarterback for a while. And I like it. I'm here for it. I'm a Kenny Pickett fan. And guess what? Kenny Pickett has done something. I didn't even think I would do. like now I'm rooting for Mike Tomlin. All of a sudden I like, I like, I like the Steelers again. I just hated Ben Roethlisberger so much. And to be fair, you know, I hate most accused rapists. Well, look, I th- uh, I think I think Tomlin keeps the streak alive, not having a losing season. And I think if they if that happens, they win this game and they win by three. Um, I just think they'll be ready to play more. In the Browns, I'm going to take the Steelers to win and cover. What's the spread? Two and a half. Yeah, and that's why it's just. Yeah. I think it, I think t- it's. A t- I'm with I'm with you on the Steelers. I I actually I don't know. I think this I. I'll tell you what, gambling wise, this is a full stay away for me. Like, sure. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to touch this game. I have no idea who's going to win. Um, but for rooting purposes, I, like like you say, I'm actually, I never think about not losing a point on a specific game, but it's like sometimes I'll think about like not losing a point while I'm rooting. Like I just said, I just said the reason I like, I'm back on the Steelers is because they got rid of their rapist. Meanwhile, now, I'm a Kenny Pickett fan and he in week 18, he's going against a gun accused sexual assaulter, like for rooting. I don't want to root for the Browns this week. And for that reason, I'll take the Steelers with you. 
we have enough different picks where I know how to. Also, I'm sitting on the lead here, even though it's a one point lead and could be evaporated by that point. But all right, we'll both go with the Steelers. Next up, you have the later games, four o'clock and later games, specifically 425. Chargers Broncos in Denver. Denver's a one and a half point favorite. Are the Chargers sitting their starters? Why? Because the Chargers haven't locked. I guess do they just not care about seeding? Chargers have locked. I think Chargers like the Giants are locked into the six. They're in a five right now. Five. I think they're locked in, right? Because who's behind them? They have the same record, I believe, as the they have the same record as the Ravens. Chargers not looking to rest starters versus Broncos. Focused on locking in number five seed. Okay. Then I guess I'm... Also, 19 hours ago, Chargers could be positioned to rest starters. Oh, I guess because the other game happens before it. Ah. So they they could be locked into the five. Correct. That's a wacky... That's a wacky... uh, situation we find ourselves in i mean it really is the broncos are one and a half point favorites right now you're up first i don't even know what you do here who's the Chargers backup chase daniel <laughs> yeah okay give me the chargers to win the game <laughs> You think, can you imagine we're in the 425 games? We have what? How many other, how many games do we have on the list below this? We have, there's one, two, three, four, there's five 425 games. And that's it, right? And then there's one Sunday night game. Correct. So can you imagine if we get into the final week afternoon games and I give up my one point lead by picking Russell Wilson? I'll let Chase cook. Well, the problem is there's too much of a risk on the starters. Like, I I, I can't take Denver with any rational thought because what if Justin Herbert and the crew is playing? Like, I can't take that chance. Well, but you, okay, hold on. Now, listen, I'm not trying to talk you into anything here. But you think the Bengals are going to blow out win earlier and the Chargers will be locked into the five. I do. So theoretically, you truly believe that they won't be playing their starters by that point. But I don't know if they're, they who knows, they might play their starters regardless. Right. OK, so you're with the Chargers. Uh, it's just like Brandon Staley. Who knows what that guy's going to do? Right. Let Chase cook. Let Chase cook. All right. Giants, Eagles. Eagles are 14-point favorites. You guys are definitely resting your starters then, right? Yes, but I don't know what resting our starters means. I but I but I but is Jalen Hurts playing. Let can I just say this? Let me say this about the Eagles. If 
you are the Eagles right now, if you're an Eagles fan, do you want Jalen Hurst to play? Well, you want him to get healthy. Yeah. If the Eagles can't win versus the Giants sitting their starters with the one seat on the line without Jalen Hurts in, are you even a Super Bowl contender? No. So to me, if I'm an Eagles fan, I don't want Jalen Hurts anywhere near this game. That being said, then you go into a playoffs and he has to start his first playoff game as the first game he's played in a whatever amount of time. Am I first or are you first? I'm first. Okay. You, like, what's what's your guys' deal? Are you guys playing your starters? No. I believe I, I, I there's been there's been no. Uh, Who, who's the backup quarterback? Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. I just, dude, I got, I, I can't. Fourteen's too big for me, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't. I don't really care who's playing quarterback for anybody. Or like, I gotta take the like, Giants. Like fourteen is so big. You gotta win by fifteen now. And it's fourteen and a half, right? Uh, I have it at fourteen. Okay, I'm still taking the Giants. Yeah, me too. Well, you have another fourteen point spread in the next game: Cardinals, Niners, it's in San Francisco. You got in that big spread. The Cardinals. I think the Niners are the class of the NFC. I think their defense too damn good. Damn it, dude. Seats, what is up with this fucking ad? I think the Cardinal or I think the Niners are the class of the NFC right now with just their defense alone. Brock Purdy's looked fine to good. Um the scare that the Raiders gave them is one thing. I think they'll come back and they'll be they'll play well but like what are we really even talking about in terms of a score here i don't really like i almost feel like a scare's coming again well here's the thing 14 they might just sit there like if they're up big they're gonna sit their starters yeah i'm not taking any 14 point spreads just i'm not so i guess we're gonna agree again i'll take the cardinals all right, I'm up first. Ram Seahawks in Seattle. Seahawks have to win and get a little help. Seahawks are six-point favorites. Who's playing QB for the Rams? Is Baker Mayfield still playing QB? I think so. Probably Wagner revenge game. <laughs> This is a tough one. Yeah, this is really tough. I'm going to go with the uh, Rams. I'm going to go with the Rams, too. I think just six. It doesn't this feel like doesn't it feel like this game has drama. Yeah, it's going to be a close game, I think. Me, too. All right. Last two. Cowboys commanders in D.C. Dallas is seven point favorites. You're up first. Uh, I'll take the Cowboys. I think that the Cowboys. Heineke's starting again. Is he? Yeah. Wow. What the hell were they thinking last week? 
I thought I saw like a third guy was starting. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to take the Cowboys regardless. Let me see. I'm pulling it up for you. Cam Anders, QB. Taylor Heineke and Sam Powell. Sam Howell. Okay. I Sam Howell starting. It sounds like Taylor Heineke was the initial plan and Rivera ended up going with Sam Howell. Um, yeah, against that den or against that Dallas D. No, thank you. I'm gonna have to go. I was actually gonna go with the commanders if Heineke was starting. Now I'm not. I mean, I don't know who Sam Howell is. Sounds like a sitcom character. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's from uh, Gillian's Island. <laughs> oh yeah, starting as a cowboys. <laughs> hey, come here, honey bunny. Oh man. Ooh. Okay. All right, we're both gonna go with Dallas. Your final game: Lions Packers Sunday Night Football. Packers win. They're in. Lions win. They need a Seattle loss. Four and a half point Packer favorites. Am I up? You are. It's tough. How many different picks do we have so far? Do you have it noted? No, I think we have at least four, though. I think it's going to come down to this. I just have a feeling. It would only come down to a Lions game. Are, are the Lions ready for this moment? That, that's what I'm looking at right now. Are the Lions ready for this moment? Vegas would tell me no. The betters, four and a half is a big spread for this being on the line. Jared Goff in Lambeau. Dude, come on. Prime time. I'm going back. Do it. Pick the Lions. Where is it? It's in Lambeau. Yeah. Born like this is the the my fear with this game, and I am tempted to pick the Lions here. Do it. I'm I'm tempted to pick the Lions losing in the most dramatic fashion. Field goal at the buzzer. Packers win. Lions cover. I'd be way more confident with like the. It being four and a half doesn't like I don't I don't feel like a back we have a backdoor golf situation. Five and a half, six points, we got a backdoor golf. You close it, it's not a touchdown game at the end. Four and a half doesn't really make me feel like it's a backdoor golf. Four and a half does make me scared because I think it's gonna be a close-ish game. Lambo's a factor, but what are we talking about here, Andy? You, you've, you've been anti-lions. I've, I can't even, I can't even like the, uh, the idea of me having to, dude, this is unbelievable. The idea of me being up a point coming into this week and putting a point on the lion's on the road 
with a playoff, with a potential playoff berth at stake, and then me having to go and then they get blown out and me having to go in Lions Reddit and read about how this is actually what they wanted to have happen. And this is just going to improve their grit for next year. There's no way. There's no way. I can't do it. I'm going with the Packers too. And let's just, just hope it doesn't come down to it. Let's just hope I don't need it. I just keep thinking of Jared Goff in the original medium pizza bowl. On the road, you know. Also, Jared Goff, I think, in poor weather, not good, right? I don't know what it's supposed to be like. And I assume not good. All right, there we have it. I think we had at least four different picks. Four is okay. If I go two and two, you win. I win. So I need to go three and one. If there's four picks, yeah, that's tough. Three and one, you win that. That's tough. Three and one, you win. If you now, if we have five different picks, somebody goes three and two, we push it into the playoffs. Correct. If the Lions don't win, I win my bet with Third Paul Matt Boonstra. Okay. All right. There we have it. Wow. Long episode. 310-359-8365. That is the hotline. We're on at the Dirty Sports, all social media. I'm at Joe Prano on all social media except for Twitter, where I remain at Fix Your Life. Uh, please follow me on Instagram, um, specifically for shows. Um, also follow me on TikTok because TikTok is fun. Um, so, yeah, follow me those places. Um, keep your eye on my Instagram story if you want to come to a show. Uh, I'm at the Comedy Cellar now through Sunday. I've got a couple stand uh, spots mixed in. We've got Vegas in a few weeks, 16th to the 22nd. I'll be at the Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas, 26th and 27th or 27th and 28th. The Friday and Saturday, the following weekend, I guess that would be the 27th and 28th. I will be at... Dead Crow Comedy Show, Comedy Club in Wilmington, North Carolina. Please get your tickets now. I'm headlining, and those will be super fun nights, so buy your tickets now. Sketch Fest in San Francisco in early February. Lots more shows to come, so follow me on social media so that you can see those. Uh, Amazon Prime Video Sports Block. Tomorrow, two of their shows, The Backup Plan and Game Breakers, going to be guesting. No idea what I'm going to be talking about, but I assume, you know, the uh, fact that I was at the Monday Night Football game where this injury occurred, um, probably going to come up, maybe some NBA stuff. Who knows? Not, no idea what's on the docket, but check me out on those shows um, and come out and see a show. And yeah, that's that's my plugs. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks, thanks for sticking with us. We'll see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. And as always, stay dirty.